Welcome to episode number six of the Hobbies and Happiness podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Dan. Hey, everyone, and I'm Jim. And today we are talking about something awesome. I've been looking forward to this episode for a while. We are talking about storytelling over the tabletop. Let's get into it. Let's go. What's going on? It is late at night. You are holed up in your study, researching the bloody disappearances that have been taking place in the region. A few hours into your research, you hear the sound of strange chanting coming from your parlor down the hall. At the same time, you hear dirt churning as if something were digging beneath the floor. As you leap to investigate, the door to your study vanishes before your eyes, leaving behind only solid wall. You're trapped inside your study until you can find another way out. That is from the intro, um, the intro, intro scenario, or I should say the first scenario from Arkham Horror, the card game. This is the first living card game that I have ever played, mm-hmm. um, and it has become one of my favorite games. Absolutely love this game. That did and, sound pretty good. And Jim, I'm, <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to getting you into, the, into this game. I can't wait to play it. <laughs> it, it, it. It is a lot of fun. Um, for somebody who loves D&D like you do, I know yep. you're going to love this game. And th- I think this is a perfect intro to talking about storytelling. Yes. So, um, I mean, storytelling, and we've kind of had conversations like this before, um, but, I mean, storytelling is so important when it comes to gaming in general, but even more so, I think, when we're talking about tabletop gaming. I mean, Jim, I mean, you agree, right? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, it it like really draws your attention to things because otherwise it's just like, oh, I'm rolling dice or I'm playing these cards and they don't really mean anything. But if I can imagine what's going on with these things. And not even me imagine. Yeah. Like in my in my thinking, like if the designer of the game or a writer or whomever does the work initially to push you into this world, it makes it easier for you to get immersed in it, yeah. right? Yeah. So one thing I have written down, and um, I will stand by this, <laughs> storytelling is one of the most important aspects in all of gaming. Would you agree with that, Jim? Yeah, I'd say so. All right. <laughs> so, so, so basically going right off of that, I mean, what is storytelling? I think... I think we all instinctively know kind of what storytelling is, but like with all things, I do think it's important that we first define our terms. So, Jim, I mean, what is in your mind, what's, what is storytelling? It's, uh, well, in simplest terms, it's the process of telling a story. Right. And, and, and like, like, I, like I mentioned, like instinctively, we all know yeah. what storytelling really is. Right. So one other thing that I kind of I kind of wrote as well, um, you know, storytelling can also be thought of or defined kind of as the concept or technique of unfolding or furthering a specific narrative. Right. Yeah. I mean, narrative and storytelling kind of go hand in hand. Narrative essentially kind of means what what type of story you're trying to tell and like where you're guiding or um, or where you're wanting your reader or in in 
terms that we're talking about here, your uh, game gamer, right? Mm-hmm. Um, where you want them to go, right? So um, I did a little bit of looking into this just because I was honestly curious, and I kind of had a thought. And I kind of wanted to see if I had if I could find this, um, but there are there's some historians and archaeologists um, believe that rock art, you know, may have served as some uh, as as storytelling for many ancient cultures, which makes sense, right? Like when you stop and think about it. And honestly, when I was looking into this, I kind of thought, um, I kind of immediately thought about rock art because. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously never partake, partook <laughs> in these ancient cultures, right? But one honestly- Isn't chalk on the sidewalk the same thing? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and you know what? My kids did a lot of chalk, chalk art last year when the pandemic was in full swing, just bought a bunch yeah. of chalk so they could just go outside and you know make all this art. Right. Um, but one thing in thinking about rock art, um, you've played, have you played Kingdom Hearts? Oh yeah. Okay, so you of know course. in the first one where when Sora goes into the cave and he sees the this this rock this art that him oh, and Kyrie yeah, did yeah. when with they were the, kids. Yeah, with the uh the the starfruit. Yes, there you go. Spoilers. The yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> it's only been out for like 15, 20 years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. One of my favorite franchises though, honestly, yeah. in all of gaming. Yeah. If you know me, you would make sense because Disney. Yep. Right? Yep. Um but yeah, like I kind of thought about that too. Um, like it, it makes sense, right? And I mean, even in that aspect, even mm-hmm. in that specific, I mean, we're already talking about a story, right? Kingdom Hearts. Yep. But that specific point in the narrative, in that story, you have two children, Sora and Kyrie, making this art, right? Yep. And I remember in, in that point, I mean, it's like it was very, fir- it was one of the very beginning parts of the first game. When Sora goes into that cave, he remembers yep. of when they were kids and making that, yep. right? And he's picturing, right? He's yeah. picturing it in his mind, and he's looking at that picture of Kyrie, right? And he's basically thinking to himself, "Oh man, she's awesome. <laughs> I love this girl," and yeah. like it's all coming to him, yep. and like it's. What, what is he doing? He's telling himself a story, right? Yep. Because that's what he was doing when he was making the art, yep. right? So, I mean, art is storytelling, right? I mean, in, instinctively, if you think about it, it makes sense. It makes I mean, a total picture's sense. picture's worth a thousand words, Correct. right? And what are we doing? What is this entire podcast? We're talking, right? Yeah. And what are, we're talking about a form of art, yeah. right? So it all makes sense, and I think it comes full circle, um, at, at some point. So, like I said, it is so simple and easy to understand. We talk about, we just talked about this game yep. where there's two children. I have two kids and they <laughs> love to tell stories. Their name is not Sora and Kyrie. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, in fact, my daughter today. Be a lot cooler if it was. <laughs> <laughs> Any if if any of you out there are future parents or you know you are wanting to have kids, think about the names Sora and Kyrie. You know those are some pretty and cool Donald's names. And Donald and Goofy or Riku, <laughs> or sure Riku or Mickey. Yeah, there yeah. you go. <laughs> or Minnie, Princess Minnie. Oh <laughs> yeah. man. Oh, dude, now now I'm already starting to go off on a tangent on Kingdom yeah. Hearts. Now yeah, I could talk about that one for for a while. Ah, uh, dude, anybody could. Understanding that story yeah. is. Oh my god! Oh, dude, I was I'm so <laughs> upset about Kingdom Hearts though, because I was in I think I was in eighth grade when the second one came out, and then 
I am now 27, but it came out, what, like two, three years ago? You mean three? Yeah, three. Kingdom Hearts 3. Yeah. yeah. So from eighth grade, which is what, like uh, 13, 14 mm-hmm. roughly? Dude, and then it was 15 years in the making like, for oh me, man. Oh, my God. I was, I was waiting on, 15 man. years for that game. I was so upset about that. Why? Because it was bad? It was so bad? No, I didn't even play it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't even play the third one because they were like, what oh, here's, uh, about? here's, what is it, like three, three, <laughs> 356 or whatever it, the number is. Oh, 358 over two days. Yeah, oh, yeah that's, and then they came out with two different chain of memories. Mm-hmm. They came out with a bunch of these Chain of memories ones. and RE chain yeah, of memories. I and I was just like, is. come on, give me three already. Uh, yep, yep. And that, that's what we were waiting for for, yeah. like, literally for forever. forever. That's all we were waiting for was <laughs> just give give me three, please. Yeah. And we finally got it, and pl- plenty of people were let down. But, okay, as a, as, as a, as a giant aside there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, that's a different story. <laughs> yeah. No, but what I was basically saying was, you know, storytelling is so easy and simple to understand that children tell stories all of the time. Yep. My kids love to love to tell stories. A lot of them don't make sense, and a lot of them start with "Once upon a time." You got a story for us right now? Uh, do I have a story? So I think I think my daughter's story tonight <laughs> um, <laughs> was "Once upon a time, there was a princess, and then she had a baby." And she took the baby out, and then the princess and the baby went swimming. And I'm like, wait a minute, a baby is swimming? All right. Babies are great swimmers, apparently. apparently. Ba- babies are great swimmers. Like in real life. <laughs> <laughs> so the they're swimming, and then she came and whispered to my wife, my wife something, and then went away, and then and then came out and said, there, and then all of a sudden there were a bunch of spiders, and I'm freaking out because I hate spiders. <laughs> and then she's coming at me and trying to get me, and so I'm freaking out even more. Yeah, that was the whole point of that, that story. Was a- <laughs> Just to freak and you out. And then to freak me out, and then and then it was something else happened, but I don't know. It was that was pretty much the whole story. Yeah. <laughs> No, but they love telling stories. Like, like a, a freaking oh my word, four year four year old and almost five year old. That's they love to tell stories. It doesn't even have to be a fake story. Telling people real stories that have happened. Yes, is uh, is another I'm telling know, a great a, thing. I, what am I doing? I'm telling a story about, of a, a, fake, about story. a fake story. <laughs> well, in my daughter's mind, it was a real story. You know what I mean? It's it's. The, I mean, and that's where it goes. Like that's yeah. where it comes from. It's it's so anything can be a story. Right. Yeah. Now, is if it's a good story or not? That's that's totally different. <laughs> that is a different thing altogether. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, like I said, I mean, stories very simple and easy to understand, and we tell stories every single day. I'm sure a lot of us in the office we tell stories to our coworkers all the time around the water cooler or what have you. Story, 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 story. A lot of the times, it's who can tell the better story, right? Yeah. So it's it's a very easy concept to understand, and I think a lot of us do it without even thinking about it, right? Mm-hmm. So now now we kind of want to get into like, okay, how is storytelling used as an element in tabletop gaming, right? So just in tabletop gaming, right, we've had, and we've talked about this many times, but there's a lot of different genres, game genres within tabletop gaming. Yep. You know, we've talked about this over many episodes before. Um, but the biggest, the biggest thing, the biggest genre that I think we can talk about when it comes to storytelling is role-playing games. Oh, man, RPGs. 
RPGs story the the storytelling narrative element it is so integral and a fundamental part of role playing games yeah. period. I mean the name of the genre essentially kind of gives it away, right? Yep. It's a role playing game. You are in you are essentially you're taking on this or embodying this role as a part of the game that you are playing, yep. right? So, I mean, it's, I mean, even your role, right? You can have your story about that role can be as insane <laughs> or as simple as you want it to be. Am yeah. I right, Jim? Yeah, for sure. Um, I okay, mean, there's well, so many. So, so, so hang on. Um, you, your character, what's, what is your character in D&D? And, and the one I'm playing on? Uh, yes. Okay. Yes. Uh, I am a warlock, of course. Okay, all right, all right. You're a hey, warlock. Hey, Bobby. I mean, Michael. <laughs> uh, a, he is a celestial warlock. Okay. Give me, give me his backstory. So, give me your warlock's backstory, because I'm assuming so, you've got so one. So the thing, he does have a backstory, but it is a little bit of a secret. All right, and the off chance that the people are listening, but I'll, I'll okay. give you, I'll give you an idea. Give me what you can. Okay. Give me what you can. Um, he, he's from a different area. Like, not of this world. And he has no memory of it at all. So as we progress through the campaign, new memories will become unlocking. And um, oh, who knows where, uh, where he really has come from. But he was a doctor or he was a school nurse for uh, a bunch of wizards, you know, in case they got hurt in gym class or something like that. So... And that's that's actually who I'm partnered up with in one of the in our campaign. One of the players was a student at this school, and I got fired <laughs> because. <What? laughs> so my character got fired from the school because I wasn't working enough. <laughs> so so quick thing, um, I always told them that I had to take a break for thirty minutes. You know, I'm on break. You know, I, I fix up a few people. I'm now on break. Okay. <laughs> why that's so, why that's kind of great is because if you know anything about warlocks, they don't cast as many spells as wizards or clerics or sorcerers. Right. So they're able to cast a, bl- a bunch of spells. But for warlock, you only get like two to four spell slots every short rest. And for that, you need to take a 30 minute break. So I cast my healing spells to heal up people, and I'm like, hold on, I, c- I can't keep doing this. I need to take a break. <laughs> so they're just like, you're not keeping up with the workload. <laughs> so my character got, yeah, my character, Your character got, got booted. Yeah, my character got fired because they're just like, you're you're not an actual healer, even though I am. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. So about that backstory, I mean, did you come up with that? Uh, I worked with the I worked with the DM a bit. Okay. Um, so a lot of the things that I don't know, I actually don't know. You, you really don't know. I, so he he was telling me, he's like, "Do you want to know anything about the past?" I'm and you're like, like, "No, no, it's way cooler if that I don't." Is, that you is know? cool because not only does my character <laughs> not know, I you personally know. have no clue. That's awesome. So he yeah he gave me a little bit of an idea about you know where where I came from and right. I got the amnesia and right, but. The whole thing of me becoming a, a, a nurse at a school and like right. I got fired, that was all me. 
<laughs> That's funny. I love that part. But that that is a perfect example, yeah. like of how storytelling is so yeah. such an integral part <laughs> of role playing games. Yep. It's crazy. Like the stuff, the stuff that you can come up with, uh, dude. It's it's seriously. It is only. It is only bound by your by one's yeah, imagination. Yeah, it's, it's limited it by is, what you can come up crazy. with. It's crazy. It is so cool. And especially for D&D, like if you bring up something cool and your your DM will most likely be like, "Yeah, let's do that. Let's bring that into our game somehow." Okay. That's awesome. So like another thing about role-playing games mm-hmm. um like D&D, right? Like the whole game is built on furthering your version of the story because I mean there's there's a lot of different campaigns like I know we talked about with Michael he brought up yeah. the Curse of Strahd yep right so that's that's an example of like a campaign that like it's a book right yeah it's yeah. a book that you can buy and then you can go through with your group mm-hmm. um, and then like the newest one I think or came out recently was Icewind Dale I think I believe uh, yes as its whole book specifically for that yeah and then they right. came out with something that's like a lot more. Uh, simplified. It's just like stories. It could be like right. one session, two or three, you know, maybe a few sessions here and there. Um, and it's like candle lit journeys, something along those lines. And that one was the latest one. Okay. But again, that one's more like one shot or like maybe you do it for two weeks, but, but yeah, other than that, it is Icewind Dale. Right. Okay. So, but like e- even those like campaigns or books that you buy, you go mm-hmm. through it and it's every person or, or group, I should say. Like, each group has their version of how that story goes. Yep. Right? Yep. So, yeah, I mean, it's it really is how you – you have this kind of skeleton of a story. Yep. Right? And then as you progress through it, you know, you're putting your imagination into it. You're putting yep. your twist on it. When you have When you have a game that has at its core, at its heart – is storytelling like that is the game is yep. storytelling there's really no telling where one game <laughs> or another is going to go yeah it can be completely different <clears throat> and it that is so cool to yep. me like it is so cool that out of the box essentially yep. right quote out unquote box, yeah. is you have so many different stories mm-hmm. or ways that you can basically enjoy an experience yep. and it all boils down to storytelling yep. and making your story um, one term <laughs> one term that i i absolutely honestly despise i do not like it at all because it makes no sense but have you ever heard the term your truth your truth. Yes, yes, your truth. Okay. Yeah. You, well, so that's you, your truth, Dan. <laughs> it's one of the things that I, I absolutely hate because it makes literally no sense. Truth is truth. It's right? all about perspective is what the your truth thing comes down right. to. Correct. Correct. But yeah. when it comes down to truth and fact, there is no my facts and your facts. Yeah. Or it, truth is truth, right? Fact yeah. is fact. But in from the standpoint of like telling a story, yeah. I think it makes a little bit of sense in this in that vein, right? Mm-hmm. Because it's it's essentially the same. Th- it it kind of boils down to the same thing because it, it really is. It's perspective, yeah, right. And we have a story. The story from my character's <laughs> perspective is completely different yeah. from the story from your character's perspective. Yeah. So that's why I think that term I think applies beautifully yeah. to 
a game that's all about telling stories so at its of, heart. Yeah, so kind of like when me and Michael <laughs> were having that discussion, we'll call it a discussion, it was a about discussion. the Barbarian yeah, 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 sure. and, right. uh, and whatnot. So like for, for him, he was like, Barbarian doesn't do a lot of damage. I'm like, what are you talking about? Right. I've had I've had multiple barbarians carrying right. the team right. because they were just able to pump out the most damage mm-hmm. or enough of it to right. where they were just doing the best. Right. So like that's my truth and for him he could have just not <laughs> seen any good barbarians. <laughs> so <laughs> but what he I think what he did what he essentially was saying was when you have a combo, right, or a a a certain combination of whatever it is, like yeah. spells or whatever it was. Yeah. When you have this combination that is so powerful and so potent, yeah. why would you choose to go a different route when this combination exists and it is so <laughs> broken, right? Yeah. And like I, 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 I get because the game's not about winning, <laughs> right? Right. Like I feel like a game that's all about yeah. storytelling. Yeah, you're not playing this game yeah. just to break it or to win. Yeah. I mean, again, for, for coming from someone who's never played, who has yeah. yet to play D and D or a tabletop role playing game, like to me, the, the appeal mm-hmm. for these types of games to me is not about winning. Right. Yeah. Or even besting the campaign. It's just yep. about having fun and telling a story or listening to a story and hearing it from a different a lot of different characters' perspectives. Yeah. So like I understood what he was saying, and it makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like just just instinctively, like I get it. Mm-hmm. Um <clears throat> but in this conversation, it's really when we're talking about story and storytelling. That's where the the appeal yep. to, to these types of games, the role playing games, is all about is yep. telling these different stories and hearing about oh, what's the DM like going to come up with? Yeah, and the the other thing about it is, so you can have these crazy broken strategies for making a character, but in the in the Dungeon Master Guide, which is one of the core books, right? Like one of the first things it tells you is the DM makes the rules, right? And that like these books are guidelines, right? So kind of like Pirates you could, of the Caribbean. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. I think we talked about that last yeah. week. And um, I, I, I'm always going to bring that up. <laughs> and so, so you can have this crazy broken thing, but if your DM's like, yeah, no, that's not how it's working today or mm-hmm. for this campaign. Well, then you had your whole heart set on this exact thing. Right. It's like, well, now what? Are you going to now yeah. quit the campaign right. or right. – well, how about you just stop making ridiculously broken things or yeah, whatever. Or what, whatever it is, yeah. right. Right, which, again, coming from someone who's never played right, uh, yeah. these, these kinds of games, I think, like, that's, that's the fun of it. Like, you have these restrictions, and it's like, all right, well, how can I make this fun? Yeah. Like, how can I really get my character yeah. into it? Like, is your character going to whine and complain? Then you go for it, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, like totally l- not live it out, but like get into that role. Yeah. Right. I just, that's, that is so appealing and cool to me. Yeah. I think it's really cool. And, and the thing about it is, and, so, and like every time we talk about this, I'm like, dude, I freaking get into this. <laughs> We're going to play. We're going to play, dude. So, so you also think about, right? Let's say Star Wars, right? Let's oh, bring yeah. up Star Wars, A New Hope. Okay, I just and, watched. I just watched Rogue oh, One again the other oh, day. Oh, that one's so Rogue good. One. The it's ending, so good. the ending to that. I'm just. I get. I'm like staring at the screen <laughs> when Vader just destroys yes. everybody. I'm like, 
The first time I saw that, the first time I saw that, I'm like, I'm like, I'm like (laughs) jumping. I'm like, get him, get him, get him, Vader. (laughs) (laughs) But we know what happens. Oh, yeah. You know know what happens. Right. (laughs) So, so you think about a new hope and, uh, you know, let's talk about when Luke and Han, they go to get the droids. And this is, I believe, before um, Obi-Wan Kenobi fights. Uh, Darth Vader. Okay. Yeah. Right. Right. And right. so you think about the journey that they had there. If they were completely broken, they wouldn't have a problem killing all the stormtroopers. Yeah. They right. wouldn't be afraid to jump across with Luke. Would not be Luke. Exactly. Luke like, would not be Luke, Luke. Would not be the Jedi. Yeah. Like at that point, it's like, well, like, <laughs> oh, and- you got to go through. I guess, yeah, you got to go through the journey. <laughs> And and when Han's talking to the guy on the intercom after like right before he blasts, he's like, "Hi, uh, how are you?" And like that's a nat one. On, that's a nat one on talking to someone. He just did a terrible role, you yeah, know. He's, that's awesome. Like, sure, he's good at talking to people, but then it's just like, oh, uh, not always. Oops. And then the whole thing of go get him, you know. So some really bad stuff happens, and that's what really. Hey, we're about to have company. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> right before they go into the garbage chute. Yeah, the garbage chute. Yeah. Oh man, we can talk so, about Star Wars forever. So man. yeah, you think about how great the, that movie was and the crazy things that happened to them. But if you make a broken character, yeah. you know, like sure, you're going to have things that you're good at, right? And then you're going to stay away from the things you're bad at. Yeah. And hopefully, the other people <clears throat> can pick that up. Right. But. When you do make a non-perfect character for whatever thing it is, the journey and the stories that you come to are are ridiculously right, funny. Right. Exactly like right. the the incidences in that movie. Yeah, it's you, you, you're making memories basically. You know, just like it is in real life. You know, it's like, oops. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How many How many of you have a friend or someone in your life that said just like something stupid at a specific moment that you will never forget? I mean, I've probably done that like 20 times at least. I feel like we all have <laughs> no, been right, there and, right. and like the people just don't forget it, but they love what happened, right. you know? Right. And like I said, again, that's the appeal to these yeah. kinds of games for me. Yeah. You know, that's that's what appeals to me about, you know, RPGs in general, I think is really cool. Yep. Um, one thing that I also remember, so I think, again, this is, remember, anytime we talk about role-playing games, and, and I'm saying it is, is from the perspective of a non-player, right? Someone who knows about RPGs, tabletop RPGs, but still has yet to play, yeah. okay? So I think, when I think about tabletop RPGs like D&D, um, I lo- liken them to the old choose-your-own-adventure style books. Yeah. When I was a kid, I remember the Scholastic, uh, the Scholastic Day would come oh, and we'd have school. all these the, this, <laughs> all these books and we'd go look at all the books. Some of my favorite books to Are always look around, at. Oh, yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. cool. I don't know if they have um, like specific days, right. but I know Scholastic is still around okay. um, and they still do it. I mean, my wife is a big reader. She loves reading. Yeah. Um, but uh, and I know she does. Um, I know she does get books through Scholastic for gotcha. like, her students. Okay. So yeah, it's definitely still a thing. And I remember when I found it out, I'm like, oh, I, I was remembering all of of my yeah. uh, times yeah. um, getting books from Scholastic. <clears throat> um, but anyway, the types of books that I remember, the old choose your adventure books. So it was you're reading through a story, right? 
And basically, you are becoming a part of this adventure, right? Mm -hmm. You are choosing how your adventure goes and how it ends. So as you're reading through it, I'm, I'm sure many of you remember these kinds of books. And I'm sure they're still around, too. But basically, it's as you're going through, you're reading through these books, the, your protagonist, your character comes upon a choice. Yep. And then it normally would go, okay, what are you going to do? Are you going to choose option A, B, or C? Option A, turn to page 10. B, turn to page 12. And C, turn to page 14. Something like that. Mm -hmm. So you would choose which option you wanted to do. Then you would turn to that page and then you continue from there. Those, I loved those. And I think the reason I loved those is because like I felt I felt a sense of not purpose, but mine. Like I felt like it was my adventure that I was yeah. going through because it felt real to me because I was choosing how these adventures would go. Mm -hmm. And I think that's also why I felt I fell in love with video game RPGs like Elder Scrolls, yeah. Fallout, Kingdom Hearts, for example. Yeah. Um, I loved it because it really it boiled it it boiled everything down to me <clears throat> to storytelling. Right? It's I'm becoming a part of these stories, and mm -hmm. I'm able to basically live them out. You know, from my character's standpoint. Right? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> Speaking of video game RPGs, right, and I'm sure many people do this, but when you have the character creation, always making a character that looks exactly <laughs> like you, like I love doing that. Yeah. And I know there are people who like who like building characters who look nothing like them, yeah. which and I know it's really a thing, crazy. right, right. But I, I was the type of person, or I am the type of person, I should, I should say. Who I'm always making characters that look just like me <laughs> because you know, like I, I want it to be me. I want yeah. to be going through these stories like me. You know what I mean? I, I actually do that in D and D for like every single one of my characters. They'll be like, yeah. "Oh, how tall are you? What do you look like?" Blah blah blah. And then I'll stand up. I'll be like, <laughs> "I look roughly like this," and I'll put my hands in front of my face and be like, "I'm about six four, two fifty. That's funny. <laughs> and they're like, "So it looks like you." Yeah, yeah, it That's does. Funny. That is funny because when you're playing these games you're not looking at the person in the game of like right. oh i'm a i'm a wood elf with blonde hair and it's just like right. well i'm looking at dan so it's just <laughs> yeah. like dan that's not you and it's you not know? me no. and like i just right. want people to visualize me inside the game right right yeah it's just it it, it made those um stories just more interactive basically for me um so and and i love that you know as a kid that really gets you into it. It really yeah. gets you into the story yeah. and invested in how the story is going to turn out. And like, if it doesn't turn out the way you want, it's like, you feel like you messed up somewhere and it's yeah. like, no. <laughs> so and now there's a bunch of games out there to where like the choices that you make inside the game will have a completely different outcome yep. at the end of the game. Absolutely. It's so like you could have four different endings mm -hmm. in a specific game and, yeah. so, and you don't know it until other people post it online. Or <laughs> if you're a completionist and you just go through and yeah, like, okay, too. now we just want to, which like, I get that. Like I, as someone who is very uh, completionist oriented yeah. and I think that's because I'm a little OCD and like I have OCD tendencies, which right. I'm sure there's a lot of, everybody does. Um, but it, I don't want to say it makes it unfun. Because there's still parts that, you know, I never want to make something not fun. Yeah. Right. And and I sometimes I think my OCD tendencies tend to make things unfun for me as opposed to 
like it's not from from fun from a design standpoint. Like mm-hmm. it could be <clears throat> like it's my fault versus the designer's fault or the developer's fault. You know what I mean? Right. Um, I'd rather personally, I'd rather it be the developer's fault than my fault. Like if it's a bad game, then it's a bad game. I don't want it to be a bad game because I'm making it a bad game. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, which I mean that happens, you know, from time to time. Um, so there's one thing I, I want to add to this. Um, yeah. For the last bunch of years, I'll say like 10 years that I've been playing online games, so MMOs, mm-hmm. I haven't paid a, like attention to the story at all, mm-hmm. right? And, and and it was a bad habit that I picked up of like always muting every single game I play oh, yeah. and not and always skipping through, yeah. through cutscenes, not paying attention to any of it. I, I just wanted like- the combat and the theory <clears throat> crafting of building right. the character right. and... But I recently played a game called Outriders, I think it is. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's like a Halo first-person shooter game, and you mm-hmm. can build your character up. There's like a lot of different things. Okay. But this is the first game that I've paid attention to the story in a super long time, and I kind of missed it. Like, mm-hmm. like paying attention to the story in some games, like you just – you. It, it changes the game up completely for you. Right. Like you're looking at it at it in a different light from right. what you would normally be doing. Right. And I got into a bad habit of never paying attention to it, paid attention to one. I was like, I love this. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to have to replay some more games. <laughs> <laughs> Which, you know, I feel like that's easy to do with MMOs specifically. Oh, yeah. yeah. It really is because why do a lot of people play MMOs? For the community, mostly, yeah. or the, I, I feel like, the dungeons, raids. I feel, right. I feel like not a lot of people play MMOs because of the stories yeah. that the MMO is telling. Although, <clears throat> so WoW is pretty much the biggest MMO. Right. Right. World of Warcraft. Right. Yes. But I think Final Fantasy fourteen, which is a, right. a newer one that came out, I guess, like semi-new, um, and it is more story driven, like every single Final Fantasy I was game. Say it's Final, it's Fantasy. Final Fantasy, right? Right. And and so many people <clears throat> talk about how good the story is. Mm-hmm. And normally for me, I'm like, I'm playing an MMO. I don't care about the story. But now right. after going through that and talking more about the storytelling factors in games, I'm like, mm-hmm. you know, I think I'm going to play it and pay <laughs> attention to what's going on. So it's uh, it can be. Who knows? It might be my new favorite game. Oh, and. So, uh, and you know what? Some of those stories are terrible too. Oh yeah, yeah. Like not, some people, like some, not everyone some, is great. Right, right. And some some of these people who make some of these games, they just they don't tell good stories yeah. or engaging stories. Yeah. You know, and that is definitely a critique of games that some people play. And they're like, dude, I just don't feel engaged with this story, yeah. and it totally detracts from the game. Yeah. And if you guys know about our our Banshee Queen or War Chief for the Horde, Sylvanas, you'll know that she kind of got ripped off from a, a, a good story. They kind of – she went from for the Horde mm-hmm. to screw the Horde and like within an, a whole expansion. Oh, really? So with, within a two-year <clears throat> span, which doesn't mean there's a whole lot of stories well, she's for she's an it. elf, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. And then she was she – was, um, Pretty much taken over by the Lich King, turned oh. her into the Banshee Queen. Oh, stuff okay, along those gotcha, lines. gotcha, gotcha. I don't know her like her whole backstory, <laughs> right? But right when she she turned in from the War Chief mm-hmm. to the Horde is nothing. I think is what she said. Okay, so for from for the Horde to the Horde is nothing. Got it. And it was just it was like, where did this even come from? Right. You know. Right. But. Now, Jim, 
I believe, yeah, in talking about, um, in talking about, what were we talking about? <laughs> RPGs. Here we go. Yeah, RPGs. Role, role playing games. Um, you know, I o- I opened the episode with um, a little bit of story from um, Arkham Horror. I believe you kind of had a little yeah. bit of a story that you wanted to tell about, uh, kind of like a paragraph that you had come up about uh, D and D. Yeah, I just wanted to. To bring you guys essentially what your day one could be inside the game. So let's hear it. I'm excited. Let's go. I want to hear this. You you wake up in a forest. It's cold. There's fog crawling over the ground. The forest is really dense. You see three other people around you, all with a very surprised face. And they're they're wearing different clothes from different eras. You're wearing from what you grew up in. They're wearing stuff from around 500 years ago. You look all confused. You start to talk to one another. You realize you're all not from this place. You start to hear some loud chatter coming through the forest. You can see that a a tavern in the middle of this place with torches. You can see people dancing on the inside. As you open the squeaky door... Everyone stops and stares at you. You can see ogres, witches, goblins, kobolds, and one human bartender. He's just cleaning a glass. Everyone stops and stares at you. What do you do? Boy. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Um... That could be an intro. All right, that's kind of cool. <laughs> um, what would I do? I don't know what I'd do. What would you want to do, Dan? Um, I'd probably go up to the bartender and be like, <laughs> so how about them bears? <laughs> and be like, like no, oh really, those, those bears over there. <laughs> you see three bears in the corner. They're all eating soup. Eating soup? Yes. What? What bears are these? <laughs> I don't know. A papa bear, a mama bear, and a baby bear. <laughs> it's Goldilocks. Ah, <laughs> uh, that's kind of cool. That's interesting. <laughs> don't worry, I won't be using that. So you don't got to prepare for that stuff. Ah, uh, so <laughs> I mean, from all of that, I, I I think for those of you who haven't, who like me, who have not played D anD D or or another role playing game, tabletop RPG. Um, I think hopefully you can get a sense from this discussion of really how important storytelling yeah. is to these games. Yep. It's really, really important. So we have role-playing games, right? And then there's everything else. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, when, when, I'm, when we were sitting down to think about this, it's, it's really role-playing games and story. Like, there's nothing like it. Yeah. There's really not. I mean, <laughs> story is 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 very important, like to uh, all these types of games for sure. But nothing like it is yeah. when it comes to role playing games. Yeah, RPGs. it's a completely different thing. You it are totally living is. or making yeah. the story, and you know, just being around <laughs> it as it's made 
and all these other ones tend to already have a story to them. Right. But it also kind of sometimes doesn't even play into the game right. pretty much at all. Right. But and, and like like I said, like story is why you're playing these RPGs. Story yeah. is why you're playing this role playing game. And it's it's really again talking about story as an element of the game. Role playing games is what every other type of game wishes it could be basically yeah like really like they they are really working at how can how can we use this element how we can how can we use this storytelling element and really make it a part of our game yep right most of the time it's through the artwork on Mm -hmm. the cards that you're playing or through the pieces or the board board. right right because like jim said you know um, a picture's worth a thousand words. Yes. And really, and again, art really is how a lot of those words come across. Yep. And in a lot of these games, um, for sure. I mean, art, I mean, we talk about magic all the time, and I know art is a big thing that we look at. And yep. we, we like to, what a lot of people like to, you know, ooh and ah at. Yep. And there's a lot of artists like, I don't know, are you a fan of Seb McKinnon's? Oh, yeah. You love, yeah. Seb McKinnon has some really fantastic <laughs> art. I saw the Shocklands, right? And I, mm-hmm. as soon as I saw the Rakdos one, I knew who made that art. Oh, yeah. yeah. As soon as I saw it, I knew it was Yeah, him. and, and <clears throat> that's a whole other discussion. But yeah. I mean, artists, <laughs> visual artists, and even um, art. Audio, like composers, yeah, right? Yeah. Everyone, every musicians. artist. Yeah, musicians. <laughs> there we go. That's what I'm looking for. Thank you. Yeah. Like everyone has their specific, um, I don't want to say taste, but it's their, it's what makes their art it's like theirs. like a signature. Mm-hmm. You know? And when it's a visual, like Seb McKinnon, you mm-hmm. see a piece of Seb McKinnon art and you yeah. know it's Seb McKinnon. Yeah. I'm a big fan of um, movie, com- um, Movie compositions. What is the word I'm looking for? Movie produced? Soundtracks. There we go. Oh, soundtracks. Soundtracks. Um, I I grew up on classical music, basically. Um, And um, I don't remember really when I started listening to soundtracks, but I just started getting into um, listening to movie soundtracks because a lot of this music that a lot of these composers um, make for these movies is just is phenomenal. Like Thomas Newman is a fantastic (laughs) composer. Yeah. Anytime I hear Thomas Newman, I can tell that that's Thomas Newman. Love mm-hmm. love his music. Hans Zimmer is one of my favorite composers mm-hmm. of all time. Um, he's right up there with John Williams. But I, if if I ever hear Hans Zimmer, I know it's Hans Zimmer. <laughs> I can I can pinpoint a lot of these different composers because I know their style. Like yeah. I just I hear it and I know who it belongs yeah. to. Basically, yeah. doesn't matter who's playing it. It's I know who that composer is. Yeah. Um. It's 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 that signature style. Um. You just in. That's very particular with you know artists it in general, right? Mm-hmm. Excuse me. <clears throat> so it's I don't know how we got off on that <laughs> tangent, but um, talk, talking about magic, I guess. Um, so you know we said there's everything else when it comes to storytelling that's not role playing games. The first that I kind of want to the first thing I do want to talk about here um, is card games like CCGs, TCGs, and um, LCGs. So collectible card games, trading card games, and living card games. Okay, so how is story? How does story fall into a lot of these types of games? Well, the first thing that I that I note here that we note is most of these card games already have an existing IP or, or intellectual property that they are building from. Okay, yep. For The biggest one 
um, and I actually listening to another podcast today <laughs> where um, Pokemon is like the highest grossing um, franchise, I guess, in all of uh, tabletop, I guess. I'd have to find huh. out like what the actual stat was, but basically, I guess I'm not surprised. But it honestly. was, it, it wasn't even just tabletop. It was like the biggest, um, the highest grossing, like not product, but groups of products. Okay, um, like it, like it's it, it's even higher than Star Wars. Yeah, which makes sense to me. And the my reasoning, the way I was thinking about it was, Pokemon originated from Japan. Yeah, right in Japan, ninety six, huge. Is he, like yeah. the, the Japanese market is so much bigger yeah. than the the U.S. market. Pokemon has taken over the world <clears throat> twice. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Back when it like first came out. Yep. And in the states, it came out in '99, so pretty much roughly around that point. Yep. And also, uh, I want to say about five years ago when yeah, Pokemon, Pokemon Go, Go. Yep. when that came out. Oh my goodness! Yep. I'm sure everyone played Pokemon. Go. Well, and then. <clears throat> We'll probably. I kind of want to talk about this later, but Logan Paul, yeah. not that long ago, I don't oh, know yeah. what did he do. Did he just bu- did he? He was bust buying- open first edition box. Yeah, yeah, Is that pretty what it much. Was? He was buying it and mm-hmm. just like showing off all the cards, yeah. and that caused the the secondary market to just skyrocket. Yeah, and for those of you who don't know, Logan Paul is a an insanely popular, um, yeah. basically social media presence. Yeah, um, YouTuber, a, a YouTuber whatever. personality, boxer. Yeah. Dude, what we should have no. talked about his boxing is, career. You mean his brother? Well, that one They're too. They're not really they both dude, box, dude. Dude, <laughs> yeah, they they. He bo- just beat that UFC guy, dude. Okay, the <laughs> UFC guy who who was retired and he's like fat and out of shape. Dan, I'm Come just memeing, Dan. I'm memeing you. Like he, those are the kind of people who are like, dude, just just. Oh, it's clear all you're just doing this for is the money. Yeah, he that's got all paid they're like doing two it for, or something they're, like that. All you're doing this for is the money. You're yeah. not any good. Like, I, I'm sorry, you're not any good. If you think you're good, then actually, if if you're boxing, how about you box of an actual yeah. boxer, a boxer who is boxing right now yeah. and not somebody who's not been doing it yeah. for a while. Yeah, put him up against the Gypsy King. I want to see that fight. That yeah. dude's like six nine. I want huge. I want to see him box Floyd. Money Mayweather. <laughs> he's, he's. I think he's small, going to. Though. Is he? I, don't I know. think he's. Dude, he will knock him out. <sighs> Floyd's like Floyd 140 will knock pounds, him out. Dude. Floyd Money Mayweather will knock that boy out. I I don't think so because that's not really what Floyd does. He's a defensive fighter. Yeah, that's that's true. This is true. So I don't think he would knock him out. He would make him just become ridiculously exhausted because mm-hmm. Jake's pretty pretty big. So he would just be like, "All right, let's go twelve rounds." Oh yeah, you're not going to make it twelve you're not, rounds. Not, not like, no you're going to get tired in no the fourth way. one. He's no. going to just start picking you apart. And five, six, seven. At, by the time we're at eight, he's mind you. I know nothing over. about boxing. <laughs> oh, I, I know a lot. I know a lot. I know boxing. nothing about boxing. The only thing that I know is this little punk needs to keep his mouth shut. And sh- <laughs> that's all I know. <laughs> but I do know that that's that that is part of it. I yeah, know that. I know Floyd it's part was of doing the, the thing. same thing. Oh, he was. <laughs> he was, and that's it's part of what they do. Yeah. I get it. I know. Yeah. I know it's a thing. But you know, oh, let's talk about Connor. Let's talk about all that trash talk Connor does. Connor McGregor. <laughs> Connor, oh, dude, that guy. All right, let's not talk about fighting <laughs> stuff. All right, I could talk about that for a while. I, I, did, not know, I did not know you could talk about that for a while. That's crazy. Story time, yeah. 
Yeah, I'm a, I'm a huge fan of uh, that stuff. Oh, that's good. That is good to know. <laughs> so anyway, we're talking about Pokemon. <laughs> oh, yeah. Right. I'm a huge fan of Pokemon, too, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> I go from Pokemon to My Little Pony to the all the way up to UFC and boxing. I got a wide oh variety my goodness, of taste. That's crazy. Um, yeah, anyway, so Pokemon's huge. <laughs> um, yeah, and the um, – so in You know regards, about the Pokemon Hitmonchan? Yeah, Hitmonchan. He's the boxer one. Yeah. I want to see the, him fight Jake Paul. What's the other one? What's Hitmon the other Lee? Pokemon? Is it Hitmonlee? Yeah. Hitmonlee and Hitmonchan? Yeah, yeah. The, Hit- one's, the one's for kicking. Hitmonlee's for kicking. Hitmonlee's for kicking. There yeah. we go. And then there's the top from Generation 2 called Hitmontop. Oh, really? He does more like uh, Capoeira or Capo, Capoeira? Capoeira. Something mm-hmm. along those lines. And uh, then he just spins on his head and does kicks, too. And then you got Machamp. Yeah, Machamp, who's Guru or Goro. Yeah, from, Goro, there you go, from, from Mortal Kombat. Yeah, from Mortal Kombat. <laughs> I wonder if that's how he was originally designed. Maybe, I don't he know. They had to have been. I wouldn't be surprised. It would not be like surprised. Like fighting champion Okay, Pokemon. well, okay, so um, Pokemon was what? You said 96? 96 in Japan, 99 in the US. So, so 96. Yeah. All right, so it was designed before 96. Yes. Mortal Kombat. Was out in 92. Was that 92? Yeah. yeah. 100%. Yeah. 100%. 100% my champ was... I but could, I don't know when Goro came out. Goro was, was in he, the original. Was he in Goro the original? was in the original Mortal Kombat. Remember, on, on Sega? Mm-hmm. I don't remember him in there. Oh, yeah. Oh, well. Yeah, I'm actually going to... I'm, I'm going to look it up. I right remember now. him in Mortal Kombat 3, but I don't remember him in 1 and 2. Um. Oh, you, you, you mean the game? Yeah. Yeah, the original game. Um, all right, so here we go. Goro. Let's see. This is going to take me a minute. Goro here. release date. <clears throat> well, yeah, it's like so about. Mortal, what? I guess. Goro is one of the original characters debuting in the first Mortal Kombat. Oh, okay. Correct. All right. As the sub boss and, late, and later appeared as a sub boss in Mortal Kombat 4. Was he ever a playable character? I don't think so. Okay, because you mean then, in the original? Yeah, in the original. Mm-hmm. I mean. Okay, no. so he wasn't in the first one. Mm-mm. I don't know if he was in the second one. I know he was playable in the third one, and that's what I was talking about. Mm. Okay, um, you were talking about it says a playable character. Yes, yes. Okay. Okay. No, he definitely was in that first one. Yeah, because right. I remember, yeah, you're going through the um the, the ladder. ladder. The ladder. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He yeah. would kill me every freaking time. Dude, that yeah, I'm so me. I'm so bad at fighting games, oh, dude. <laughs> I love, dude. Fighting games are. I loved. There was a point. There was a point where I was trying to get good at like like Mortal Kombat and Injustice. Yeah, like those games. Like I was trying to get good at those. They were fun. I mean, the, they are fun. The fighting game They're I wanted hard. to be good at was Smash. I oh yeah, be, I wanted to be good at Smash. <laughs> oh, it takes it to like a yeah. whole different le- uh, it does. level. It does. I don't know how we got into talking Machamp. about Machamp. That's how we got there, Dan. Machamp. So there are some other card games that have these um, IPs that they're essentially built around. So like Pokemon. And as you can tell, I mean, Pokemon's huge. If you're not into Pokemon, that's fine. But Someone you know is Someone you know probably is. So Magic. Even if they lie to you. Yes. So Magic is another one. Um, okay, so Magic, however, it was one that when it was first introduced, there was – it was a new IP. Magic was a new IP when yeah. it was first introduced. I mean, obviously like anything when it was first introduced was a new IP. Right, right. right. But the card – for Pokemon, the card game, I believe 
the the card game came later. I, I don't think, remember. I can't remember. But yeah. from from I'd have to do I'd have to actually do some research on on this. But I'm pretty sure I believe that there already was basically a mythos and lore kind of already built mm. around the game. Um, I, I believe. Correct me if I'm like if you know, let me know. Uh, definitely. I let actually us know. think the I think the Game Boy game was first. That's what I think too. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure so the Game Boy game was first. That's where I was like kind of confusing. I'm like, what's the cards first? I'm, yeah, I'm fairly I'm certain the game, sure the game was game first, was first. Yeah. then the anime, and then I'll say the card game. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's how it was. Yeah. But for Magic, there was nothing. When Richard yeah. Garfield designed the game, it was nothing. There was yeah. nothing that he designed it around. Yep. But now Magic is so huge that the lore. <clears throat> the lore has for some people it's taken over the game like yeah. the lore has, like it's it's its own thing kind of yeah. like i mean obviously it's still a big part of the game um one of the things that i when a lot of people first start playing magic you hear uh, you hear how this is described a lot of the times <laughs> when you're first playing you're a wizard and you're casting all these spells like, dude, that's not There's why so I'm playing. That's, that's yeah. not why I play no. the game, right? But yeah. but that is how a lot of people describe it as like when you're playing magic head to head against you're, somebody. They they call you a planeswalker. Right, you're a planeswalker and you're summoning all these creatures. You're casting Damn, all these spells. Which really confused me when I started playing because there are cards that are just are like destroy planeswalker. I'm like, so I win? <laughs> like, because you're a planeswalker, right? right? Yeah. He's like, no, 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 yeah, that's, that's not, not how, how that works. works. But I'm like, but you're a planeswalker, right? He's like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, then why why should I not win? This card literally says destroy yeah, target. Plane. Like destroy target damage. planeswalker. Why yeah. can I destroy Europe planeswalker? Judge, I need a judge. He's <laughs> cheating me. No, but it says destroy target planeswalker. Jim's a planeswalker, so I'm targeting Jim. Why can I not? Yeah. Does yeah. not a lightning bolt come down from the sky? You know. Why you got to bring up lightning bolt? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Jim likes his lightning bolts. Yeah, I do. <laughs> So anyway, that's how it's dis- that's how it's described a lot of the time. Is you're a planeswalker and you're yeah. you're casting all these spells. It's way cooler than that. It is. It's a lot cooler than that. So for some people, they're like, no, it's it's really yeah. not, guys. The <laughs> ultimate bad guy. Oh man, oh, Nicole Bolas. Nicole Bolas. <clears throat> and now that's part of the lore that I can get into. Yeah, for sure. But so what I was trying, what what I was kind of getting into here, is for magic. Like there's so much lore now that has been created over the years yep. that like it's it's not necessarily taken over the game, but it really, really has become a part of the game, right? Yeah. Now, there are a lot of people, and I think Jim and I are one of these people who I don't play magic for the lore. There definitely are people who yeah. play magic for the not maybe not necessarily for the lore, yeah. but they really get heavily invested yeah, in the lore. Invested, yeah. Like the uh, cosplayers, yeah. for example. Um, and even those who cosplay, some of them, I would imagine, don't really get as invested into the lore as some other people. They just like making costumes, yeah. right, for yeah. these different games. Um, and that's fine. Um, but like Jim and I, for example, like we play magic because it's a card game yeah. and it's fun to play. And we like the, um, the thoughts that go into these lines of plays yep. and it's strategic. That's kind of why we play. Yep. We really don't care much for the lore. I, I mean, also think in comparison to other card games, it's a lot more slow and methodical than yeah. the other ones. Yeah. So, yeah, um, definitely. And for me being more of a strategic thinker. Like yeah. I, that appeals to me more 
that appeals to me more than than anything about yeah. about this game. Now that's not to that's not to say I I don't care at all about the lore. I think it's interesting and I think it's mm-hmm. cool. Like we both love Nico Bolas yeah. and like that whole storyline yep. is very cool. Like oh, we yeah. really love that story. War of the line. Spark. Oh man. <clears throat> Even if yeah. you guys don't play, go look up the mm-hmm. War of the Spark. Magic the Gathering. Yeah. So I, I feel like Magic is a perfect example. Um, uh, what's where I'm looking for? Like a, uh, a use case scenario, right, of a game where there's so much storytelling and lore that goes into it, right, that a lot of people think about and care about. And then there's basically everything else about the game, like the gameplay, the mechanics, and then everything else but the story. Yeah. There's all these different parts to the game that you can really get yourself invested in. Mm-hmm. There's the story. There's the lore. There's the game. It's, it's everything. It's two different aspects, right. but they merge with mm-hmm. the art that's yes. on the cards. 100%. They bring it into what it is. Right. And so that's that. I think that's a perfect example of everything coming together yep. to merge these different groups of people. For example, over like a card, yep. right? Just yep. one card. Um, I mean, what? For example, we talked about one of my favorite commanders now, Coma. Yeah, Coma the Cosmos Serpent. We talked about it last week, mm-hmm. right? One of my favorite cards ever now, right? Comes from came, uh, Norse mythology, right? Yep. Basically modeled after the World Serpent. Um, and like, I play that card because I think it is an awesome card to play. Yeah. I think the art is very cool. It makes me want to play that <clears throat> card. Yeah. And you hate Simic. <laughs> and I hate those colors. <laughs> it's my least favorite colors. But just about that card, we talk yeah. about the mythology, the Norse mythology behind it. Yeah. Right. It appeals to so many more people now because you have the game the story behind it, the mechanics about what the card actually does. Yep. There's so many things that There's go into it. There's two stories behind this <clears throat> card. Yep. The card itself inside Magic and the right. card that is representative of in Norse mythology. Right, right. Um, okay, so the next one I wanted to mention was Hearthstone. My, Jim talked about um, World of Warcraft. Yes. Wow. Hearthstone is a Blizzard IP. Uh, WoW was made by Blizzard. Yep. Um, so Hearthstone is in that same intellectual yep. property. So Hearthstone is another one where you have all of this. World of Warcraft has been around for years before Hearthstone even came out. I think it was 2003 or 2004? One of those yeah, two. it's been a while now. It's yeah. been a while uh, since Hearthstone came out. Um, oh, yeah, that one came out. But when it came out, there was there was still all of this lore that was already built yeah. up behind the game that that game was able to then draw from yep. um, for cards, right, or yep. for and ways to play through that game with those different campaigns, yeah. which was so, cool. So um, WoW even actually had its own TCG, like, physical card it game did. Yeah, it before did. Hearthstone. It did. And I remember if that. you yeah. if you ever see some of the cards, you'll be like, oh, I've seen this artwork in Hearthstone. Yeah. Like they just take it. Did over. they really use yes. the same artwork? Yes. Oh, wow. Some of the artworks cool. you'll see like, oh I've seen this one before. You go look up the card and it's just like a zoomed in version mm-hmm. on something more specific inside mm-hmm. of an artwork. That's cool. And sometimes it's on the exact same card. Yeah. So yeah. like polymorph. I think polymorph and the mm, okay. they're both the exact same yeah. picture. Okay. 
Um, and then the last thing I want to talk about, you know, we're talking about card games here, but living card games, okay? Yeah. There's a couple um, that, again, a lot of these living card games, they already have IPs that they're building off of. And again, IP stands for intellectual property. Um, so living card games like Marvel Champions, the entire Marvel Universe, they have at their disposal. Maybe not necessarily at their disposal, but what they're able to draw yeah. from, you know, if licensing, they'd have to they have to get into what they're yeah. able to use. But they have a lot of things <clears throat> that they can mm-hmm. access. Yep. Lord of the Rings, one of my favorite. Favorite universes. Yeah. Absolutely love this game now. Um, Arkham Horror. For those of you who don't know, that was the that was the what I originally read from to to kick this episode off, which I'm going to read another one here yeah. just to get you a sense of what it is. But Arkham Horror was built around HP Lovecraft and the Cthulhu horror mythos. Mm-hmm. There's a lot that's already there that the designers were able to pull from, right, to use mm-hmm. as the storytelling elements. You Game of Thrones is another living card game that they have all those books that they can use. Legend of the Five Rings, which, again, I'm not super familiar with, but I know Jim's played – maybe you played I've, it. Are I've you familiar dabbled. With it? I'm not the biggest right. fan in terms of, like, mm-hmm. the mechanics for some of this right. stuff. But right. But it, it's not bad. Right. Um, yeah, and so most of most, if not all, of these living card games, basically what you're doing is it's it's like uh, these role playing games where you're progressing through a narrative, right? Yep. So just like these RPGs, so storytelling is a fundamental part of these games. So that being said, um, I do want to read. Um, this is again from the uh, the first campaign, basically. Um, from Arkham Horror, the card game. All right, so this Damn, is spoilers. Yes, yes, spoilers. I haven't played this yet. Yes, this is All spoilers. Right, let's, so, let's so again, this is uh, like the second agenda. Still, still, this first storyline, which I'm. I will read this one, but I won't. I won't go further than this. Okay. All right. So this is um, entitled "Rise of the Ghouls." Okay. So from that first story, we successfully made it out of our study. All right. So we were able to uh, navigate our way out of the study. All right. So here we go. Rise of the Ghouls. The floor beneath you is giving way, and you see a vast network of tunnels twisting into the darkness below. Shapes and silhouettes of strange creatures move swiftly through the tunnels, trying to find a way up. You probably don't want to be here when they do. The barrier. A glowing barrier blocks the path to your parlor. As you move toward it, intense heat forces you to back away. Picking up a handful of dirt, you toss it at the barrier and watch in horror as the dirt incinerates. Perhaps there's something in the cellar or attic that could possibly help. So that sets up the second act of that introductory story <laughs> that you are making your way. Yes, it's definitely a horror game. Definitely <laughs> is, definitely is. And my goodness, or suspenseful. It is. It's. It is. It's, it's super suspenseful. Yeah. Like as I'm playing it, like I love every single part about this game about yeah. Arkham Horror. It's. I've got these cards. Well, I, played it I yet, have man. a deck that you know I've built. Specifically to take on this story. Yeah. It's so, so very cool. <laughs> All right. So we talked about card games. And then the last thing I kind of want to talk about um, in regards to storytelling in these different genres is just board games in general. All right. So there's three different games that I kind of just want to mention here. Okay. So first one, and we've talked about this before, but Monopoly. Okay. 
So there are so many different iterations and versions of Monopoly. Oh, there's like so it's many. crazy. Like you've got the original, right? But we were just downstairs actually talking about uh, kind of going through our outline here. And it was like I'm looking at my shelf and I have Star Wars, Fallout, and yeah. Mario yeah. the Gamer. Do you see that they have a villainous one for Monopoly? They do, yeah. yeah. You know, I think I think I've seen that. Now I need to I need to get that. Yeah, was, yeah. I'm like, Dan doesn't have that one. I'm surprised. Yeah, I, I'm surprised, surprised too. <laughs> yeah, that that is definitely one I need to add to my collection. Um, but so even in those three, okay, three that I've mentioned, you've got Star Wars, Fallout, and Monop of uh, the Gamer, the Mario, yeah. the Mario version. Yeah. Okay, so you have these different IPs, okay, that you're able to now kind of get not necessarily get lost in per se because you're yeah. just playing monopoly yeah. right but you're able to partake in these different universes mm-hmm. like i remember like i've played through fallout the fallout one i love playing the fallout one. that was fun to me just because yeah. i have fond memories of fallout you know i'll talk about it here in a little bit <laughs> but fallout is one of my favorite games one of my favorite video games okay yeah. So just being able to go through um, the board and, you know, like all these different locations, like, oh, yeah, I know this one. I love this one. It's, you know, you're partaking in yeah. these different universes, like in the Monopoly buy the, one. Buy the power armor for $500 or whatever it <laughs> yeah, is. <laughs> yeah. The pieces actually in that game are really cool. Yeah. I do love those. Um, and then the next one is Settlers of Catan. So it's, again, another one to where you've got the original plus the expansions. But you also have, like, the the IP, like Game of Thrones. There's yep. a Game of Thrones one. Yep. So, again, now I'm playing Settlers of Catan, but in the Game of Thrones universe. Yeah. Okay. So that's another one to where it's like, okay, I am now going to be transported to the Game of Thrones universe and then kind of play Settlers of Catan, but from a Game of Thrones type space perspective yeah. so you've got the different houses i've never played that one i need to get that one i yeah, want I've to add that one. that one either. um but i mean i'm 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 a game of thrones fan i like game of thrones like it's a cool universe if you ask me i'm sorry dan <laughs> i'm sorry about your ending <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean it yeah whatever <laughs> could be worse you could have a tattoo of game of thrones you know <laughs> could be worse Sorry for all the but, people out there with Game of Thrones. But tattoos. you know what? You mentioned it. You mentioned it yeah. before. It's not even about where you ended up. It's how you got there yeah. and going yeah. through it. Yeah. Like going through all of that was cool. Like yeah. there's a lot of episodes in there that are very cool and are yeah. fun. It's like I don't honestly, maybe, yeah. Was I disappointed with the ending? Yeah, maybe <laughs> a little bit. But going through it, it's yeah. like there's a lot yeah. of cool things that are still there, yeah. right? Um, the last thing I do want to talk about um, is legacy games, okay? Um, the one legacy game that I had thought about is I've never really pay, played legacy games, okay? Jim, you're going to kind of – you're kind of – you're kind of going to help me and the audience too. Do you think year. I know about legacy games? As I brought a legacy game, <laughs> yeah, I'm to looking. Your house? I am looking at it right now. <laughs> so, Jim, why don't you explain to us and the audience kind of what is what is a legacy game? So, a legacy game is essentially like any other board game, but your actions that you take inside the game, whether it's someone winning or you decide to destroy a specific thing. That's a permanent action for the rest of the game. So even the next time you play. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, It's it's not even so much for that specific game. It carries over into the next game. So say you destroy a a a specific person, right? And normally that character will keep coming back throughout the game for someone else, but in your game, 
the character's gone. Mm-hmm. You don't have to worry about them ever again or whatever it is. So let's talk a little bit about Risk Legacy. Mm-hmm. All right. So I'm sure a lot of people have played Risk. Love you set Risk. Set up your army. You know, Love you, Risk. You start attacking people, taking over the world or mm-hmm. however it is that you plan on winning. And By rolling dice. Yeah. Roll <laughs> dice and, and hope. <laughs> Do I play that all the time when I was in, when I was in high school? Yeah. Man, I love that game. So... And legacy risk, like risk legacy, just sounds so much yeah. cooler. Yeah. So there's going to be a little bit of spoilers here. Just just one real one one real spoiler, uh, and it happens as soon as you play the first game, right? Pretty much. Right. So, uh, just to make it a little bit quicker, the person who drops a nuke on a specific location, right, going into every future game. No one spawns there. No one can start there. That is a scorched area. But zombies spawn from that location. <laughs> so say on your game, you know, you want to you want to nuke Russia. Or all right, let's not say nuke Russia. <laughs> let's uh let's uh uh sorry out there, people. We're not, we're not talking about that. This is a game. Hello? <laughs> that, that over here trying to start a world war. Oh dude, that's funny. <laughs> Uh, nuke, uh, uh, something else. Oh man. Uh, so that's good. So, uh, yeah, the zombies will, will specifically come from Russia on course, your game. Of course they would. Yeah. 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 See, <laughs> see you nuke, uh, Germany in, uh, in the forties, right? You have oh these God. Nazi zombies now coming after you guys. <laughs> and, uh, but in your game, you know, that one specifically for you is going to be different than what someone else does in mm-hmm. their game. Mm-hmm. Or you destroy a specific plot of land that now no one can even use because it's no longer there in the future. Right. So, yeah, and that's that's how these legacy games work. Once you get rid of something, it'll even tell you to rip the card up. Yeah. I so, saw I saw yeah. that you had some of those. Yeah, that so, was funny. So I brought Betrayal Legacy with me and uh, going through some of the cards with Dan, he's he saw some of the cards that were just completely destroyed because yep. they tell you they're just like, Yeah, rip it up. So I'm like, uh Jim, why do you have <laughs> cards that you just destroyed in here? Yeah, yeah. So they're they are a fun thing and it's not really like any <laughs> other board game you play, because what other board game tells you to rip stuff up yeah, from the right. <laughs> right. Yeah, on purpose. Right. And right? like the first time I heard about Risk Legacy, I'm like, dude. That is a so much so much a cooler way yeah. to play Risk. Yeah, like that's awesome. Yep. Because again, Risk in general, it's like, what kind of story are we telling here? I mean, the story of just taking over the world. I mean, my mm-hmm. armies are bigger than your armies. Okay, cool. But now it's like storytelling is so much more a part. An integral part of this game because nope. okay, playing through playthrough one. Okay, here's playthrough two. Okay, here's what happened in playthrough one. Now all of these choices that you all made, guess what? They now yep. affect this game going forward. It's and here's how different. it affects. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's so cool. Yep. It is so much cooler if you ask me. So Jim, you've got a card there yes. from Legacy that yes. uh, you you wanted to read here. This is the prologue. <clears throat> all right, so. In the remote countryside of the New World, the homestead sits atop a hill. The family that lived here died of a pox. Father, mother, son, daughter. Though the girl's body was never found, carried off by wolves, some say. 
There are also stories about the family finding a chalice while building the house. A chalice sounds valuable. Maybe there are treasures still here. You're not the only one with this idea, though. Other families have come exploring as well. You all claim that you're here to honor the dead, but as you crowd together upstairs, the wary glances make it plain. No one is fooled. Then you proceed to start the game inside the house, exploring the rooms, finding items, events, or the omen. All right. What game was that from again, Jim? Betrayal Legacy. <clears throat> so it's pretty much Betrayal at House on the Hill mm-hmm. or at Baldur's Gate, but the Legacy but the version. the Legacy version. Right, right. Yeah, Legacy games just sound so much more fun. Yeah. They sound so much cooler. All right. So I know we've talked already a lot just about how storytelling is used as an element in a lot of these different games. But now we kind of, we want to talk about why we think it's important, okay? Um, and, you know, we've mentioned this. Jim and I, you know, we've talked about this. Yeah. Um, and we, we really think and believe that storytelling is so crucial and such an important element in these games, just in games in general. Um, but you know, where, how, where we're focused really on just enjoying these experiences and sharing them with our friends and family over the table, right over the tabletop, we, we want, we want to see them, um, you know, used and applied in these types of games. Right. So, so we want, we kind of want to go through some things of why we think it's important, um, in the tabletop space. Okay, so the first thing that um, we have written down here is storytelling helps immerse you in the game itself or the game world. Okay, so we we just got done talking about risk. Okay, and risk yeah. legacy. Okay, you know, at its core, at its heart, <laughs> risk is an army building game. Right, mm-hmm. all you're doing is you have an army. And you have the board in front of you, and the board is literally just a map of the entire world. Okay? It can also be pretty political, too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, like, in the base game of Risk, right? I mean, yeah. remember when I was in high school playing Risk, it was just a map of the United States. Or the entire the world, world, excuse yeah. me. The, the entire world. Um, and then you're going through, you know, country to country, continent to continent, and taking over, you know, these spaces on the board and then trying to, you know, build up your army. Okay. That's it. That's all it is. Okay. Now you take that as a base. Okay. How can you build off of that? Right. So from the legacy standpoint of, okay, well, now we're going to go from game to game. Now we're going to start building and crafting this story, right? This narrative element of, okay, so here's game one. Now, here's what happens at the end of game one, okay? You know, whatever happens, and then now you go into game two. the ruler was. Oh, right, right. It's yeah. just you have this now, you are now crafting a story. Yeah. As a player, I am so much more now heavily, I am so much more invested now in this <laughs> legacy version of, yeah. I want to come back and play through the next one yep. to, to see now what happens. Yeah, and like, it just sounds like you want to play a campaign in D anD D. That is not. That is. Uh, that is not um, false. That is definitely not incorrect. Is that your truth or <laughs> <Yeah>. my truth? <laughs> 
Uh, yeah, that, that, that's a good one. <laughs> um, <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, but, but really, like, storytelling, it totally, it makes you want to get into these games. Yeah. Right? If you just have the gameplay, I am much more apt and willing to jump into a game to where I want to know what's going to happen next versus I just want to play this game. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I would much rather... I don't know what's going to happen here. I want to go in and find out. Maybe like the gameplay, the mechanics weren't that fun, but I want to know what happens in the story. It's just like reading a book. Like, I mean, my wife loves reading books and, you know, she reads, I feel like she reads a new book every few days and she's, (laughs) it's always, she's like, I'm like, honey, come to bed. She's like, I I just could you form pages. I want to know what happens here. (laughs) It's the same type of thing, right? It's, you want to know, I want to know what is going to happen in this story. It totally helps the player just get involved and immersed in this story that you're trying to tell. Um, one game that you know I've mentioned before, but Disney Villainous, okay? Disney Villainous, I really feel like, and again, we're going to talk. I'm going to talk a lot about this game <laughs> because I love this game so much. But when I, when I play this game and I play a new villain, every time that I play – I honestly, I feel like I am taking this character, this villain, and I'm playing this character. Like I'm really, I feel like this character. Yeah. I really Going feel through like, their life and yes, the story and trying 100%. to achieve what they're doing. When yeah. I'm playing Radigan, I feel yeah. like I'm Radigan. Yeah. Like I totally feel that. <laughs> and from a designer standpoint, like they nailed it. They mm-hmm. did a very good job in yeah. my opinion. When I was when I was playing Ursula, <laughs> mm-hmm. right? Yeah. I, I know about the Little Mermaid mm-hmm. and I didn't know I didn't remember a whole lot from it. Right. But I understood it enough to know that when I was playing as Ursula, yeah. like I had the objective, I had to get the crown, I had to get the had right. to get the trident and had to get to the throne yes. and I knew these things were going to be stopping me and I'm just like no I don't want to see you right now I just right. want to get this stuff so I can win right you know yeah. or become the 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 lord of the ocean what right. is it called right. I don't know right right she want yeah she wanted to take over king triton's spot yeah yeah <laughs> I was going to say like poseidon or something I'm like no that's not his name that's, that's not right wrong uh, wrong, wrong mythos it's his name it's his name dan <laughs> you're not wrong <laughs> You're definitely not wrong there. <laughs> um, or is it Aquaman? <laughs> is, it, is he Aquaman, guys? That's funny. <laughs> you know what? Is Aquaman based off of Poseidon? Probably. Huh. Probably. Maybe. Probably. Maybe he's like descendant. Who knows? <laughs> I, would I, not, know. I would not be surprised. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. Mm, yeah, no way. Um, okay, so the, the next thing that I have written down here, it kind of goes along with the first one, but it helps keep you engaged with the game. So it, it helps in your immersion, but also it, do, it does help keep you engaged. Because again, if I have a story that I'm – a storyline that I'm going through or playing through, I'm going to pay more attention to – to something where there's there is a storyline happening and I want to know what happens versus oh dude I'm just playing this game right yeah here's another army I'm gonna take over yep like Warhammer like is, <laughs> is a game well uh, actually um Total War Warhammer yeah. okay yeah. so I I like playing the Total War games on PC yeah. but they have a Warhammer version uh, mm-hmm. they're like I think they're coming out with Warhammer three yeah they are. actually but I have Warhammer two and again it's the it's the thing. It's it's if you're if you're not familiar with with Total War, you're basically you're playing these large scale battles, 
with your armies and you're basically you're you're taking part in these large scale battles and it's then an RTS if you know what those are. No, not really. No? No, it is not considered an RTS. Oh, it's not. Okay. No. no. Total War is, is not a real time strategy game. Okay. No. I mean, Total War is closer to like a 4X style game okay. than than RTS. RTS is like StarCraft. Right. StarCraft, right. Age of Empires, that's I just more so meaning like controlling your army and going to specific places. I know you're not like more so really building the the resources, I don't think. Yeah, I, don't I mean, I it kind it. of is. It, there are elements. I, there are elements, I guess, in, in that game that can be considered yeah. RTS. Okay. But I think as a whole, it's is very much so not an RTS. Um, but I, I, I can see that there are RTS elements. And RTS, okay. RTS, for those of you that don't know, is uh, stands for real-time strategy games. Or real-time strategy. Yeah, R- yeah. Yeah, real-time yeah, real strategy. Real-time strategy. <clears throat> so – um, and for me, my first my first introduction to those types of games was Age of Empires. Those games oh, freaking man. awesome. Dude, I was playing Age of Empire two not too long ago. Yeah. I think like last week. <laughs> Actually, one of my high school buddies, <laughs> um, he played it all the time when yeah. he was in, when we were in high school. And I had I, it was on Steam. Yeah. Like it had just come to Steam not that long ago at the time. Yeah. And so I told him, I'm like, dude. Did you know that it's on Steam? He's like, what is Steam? <laughs> right? Oh, and so I showed him what it was, and yeah. he was like, uh, okay, I'm buying this and putting it on. <laughs> and like, ah, dude, I should pull it up. But the, I think the last time I looked, he's got like over 1,500 hours logged. Wow. Holy cow. At least that. It could that be like 2,500 so hours. Like the, he plays wow. it like religiously. Have you ever played Command & Conquer? Yes. So have I played so, Command and Cocker? Look, man, some people Dune? don't know about it. Dune? Some people don't know. No, I've never Dune? played that one. It's oh. it's it's like Command and Conquer, but okay. in the Dune universe. Oh, okay. Like yeah, I've never. Oh. I've 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 only played I think three RTSs: uh, CNC, which is Command and Conquer, uh, Age of Empire, and StarCraft. Those are the only ones I've played. I mean, well, that's like the big three. Yeah, it's like the Holy Trinity. Pretty right? much. Yes. <laughs> so um, I. So I haven't played the I haven't played Command and Conquer in like over ten years. We'll say mm-hmm. fifteen years. It's been a while. And my dad was the one who introduced me to it. Started back on the PlayStation One, and then went over to uh, PC. He hasn't played it in forever. And when I told him, I'm like, "Hey, yo, I have it." He's like, "I'm coming over." He was he stayed up or he was at our house till about like three o'clock in the morning. I went to sleep, and he's just like, "Hey, I'm going." That's I'm like, awesome. Oh man, <laughs> when yeah, was, was this? This was uh, probably about a month ago. Oh my word! So yeah, it's been That's so long hilarious. since he's played. And uh, I had to give him some tips on uh, stuff to do. He's like, oh, I completely forgot about that, of, like, that deploying units and whatnot. That's so, funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was, uh, it was a blast playing that. That's funny. Um, okay. <clears throat> so, you know, we, we talk about – we've talked about how storytelling helps keep you immersed, immersed in the game and engaged with the game. Yeah. But I think the big thing that – Good storytelling does in these games, it helps you escape reality. Um, <clears throat> escaping reality is why a lot of people, you know, consume different types of entertainment. It's yeah. why people consume different types of content. Or consume anything mm-hmm. to escape reality. Correct. Yeah, it which totally can be is. a problem sometimes. Yeah, it, <laughs> there are definitely, yes, it, it definitely can be a problem. Yeah. Right. Um, 
you know, let's, I mean, let's, let's just face it. Reality sucks sometimes. <laughs> sometimes. Sometimes, <You> know, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> Every <I> f- day. <laughs> Every day. <laughs> I feel like especially if you talk to the younger generation and like kids. I mean, I remember when I was in high yeah, school and yeah. even in college, it was – there were lots, a lot of times where it felt <laughs> like the world was, you know, coming to an end almost. Um, so I feel like that's, I feel like that statement is more, um, more rings true with the younger generation, yeah. with younger yeah. kids. Yeah. Um, I mean, definitely it rings. I feel like it rings true with a lot of, with everyone, you know, mm-hmm. from time to time. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. And like, like we said, like we, I'm never. I'm never going to be one to um, um, to suggest that you need to always escape reality because that is not being um, yeah. that's not being responsible. Yeah. You're doing yourself a disservice. <laughs> yes. yes, you are. But we we all. I th- I think it would be disingenuous to say that we don't understand and we yeah. don't. We don't get it. I've been because, there. <laughs> well, right, and, and it is a thing. And I mean, even you watch sports. Yeah, yeah. You know, there's a lot of some people watch sports just to take a break and relax mm-hmm. and just watch a sports game. Yeah. Right. Um, now, however, today in in our culture today, um, it is it is seeming like it's increasingly difficult to escape reality um, because there are either either by design or by accident okay. that their um that our entertainment is becoming fused or infused with reality and current events now yeah. um there there may be to where that that's happened because like by design right like when it, Let's talk about games, okay? I don't want I don't want to stray too far from the from uh, from the topic here, <clears throat> but there are there are those games to where, in fact, there was a game I was looking on Amazon and this game popped up. It was <laughs> I don't remember the name of the game, but it was basically trying to get people to take masking up serious. I don't know if it was taking what? it seriously, <laughs> but like the whole game was was about was about trying to explain the effects of mask wearing uh with COVID. It was really weird. Huh. Like that is the perfect example of a game being infused with current events. Yeah. Right, which honestly, I looked at that. I immediately sent it to my family and just laughed because I'm like, <laughs> "This is so dumb." Like, like to me, that's dumb. <laughs> like, that's it's happening in, that. in real life. I'm yeah. like, I thought it was. People I thought it was know, dumb. I thought it was or dumb. understand or Again, don't want to believe it or whatever your reason what, is. Whatever, whatever we, your your point of view it. is, I don't. It, that, that's fine. Like, that's your yeah. your view, your point of view. That's fine. Like, you yeah. do you. But I just thought that for a game, I'm like, really? <laughs> I mean, you talk about Monopoly. What was that original idea? To talk about how capitalism is bad. 
Was it was yes. that originally? Yes, the, Monopoly was created for that reason. I don't think I knew that. Because you think about it, like how many families have been torn apart because of Monopoly? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like, I'm going to take your stuff from you, Dan. <laughs> like, I'm going to take everything you own. Yes. Yeah, right. And right. you have nothing. Yep, yep. <laughs> oh, that's funny. So, yeah. So I bring that up because it's like there are definitely – like that game – was done on purpose. Yeah. 100% was done yeah. on purpose. It just, from from the marketing and everything, it totally, now it totally could have been a joke too. Yeah. Which like, that that all comes down to a design choice, right? Like, what is your intent? Why are you doing this? Yeah. Like, that's, it's all a design choice. And that's fine. Like, it is what it is. Yeah. Right? And there there are people and designers who make that choice. I don't think this game's going to be a bestseller in like no. five years. <laughs> no, of course not. Of course not. <laughs> But I think from my perspective, I just – I don't think that games like that who infuse their game with current events or politics or what's going on in the world, I don't think they become popular. I don't think it's what people want. Yeah. I think people want to escape reality. Like they don't want – they don't they know what's going on in the world. They yeah. don't want it crammed yeah. down their throats for for lack of a better term, yep. right? Um n- now again, I under and there are there are definitely um a subset of people who actually want that, right? And like that's fine. Like I'm not I'm not naive enough to to suggest or think that they don't exist. Yeah. Because they definitely do. Right. I mean, get on social media is a thing. Like, get on Twitter, get on Facebook, and you'll see that there are people who honestly even critique some of these designers mm-hmm. with, why are you not, why don't you talk about this? Or why don't you talk about this? Like, we all know these things that are going on. It's like, you can't well, talk about everything every single time. No, no, right. right Otherwise, you're going to have large disclaimers. Right, yeah, right. <laughs> so, and again, it's just for me, if I'm, if I'm taking part in, in some media or a game, I don't want it to be about reality. Like yeah. I get enough of that throughout the entire day. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and one thing that I, I mentioned and I will mention it again, reality sucks sometimes. It that's just, for it sure. does. It does. <laughs> now that's not to say it does all the time because like, I definitely don't think that. And I never would suggest that, but there are definitely times where it feels like it does. Right. Mm -hmm. And so it's in those moments where it's like, dude, I don't want to, it's like, I don't want to be here right now. Now I'm never going to suggest that if you have responsibilities, you run away from them. Never. Because (laughs) that's not, that is not responsible and don't ever do that. If you have responsibilities, you man up, Mm -hmm. like you do the correct thing and the right thing you own up to your responsibilities and you take care of them. Yeah. Like I will say that all the time because that's the responsible thing to do. All right. So I, I don't, I do not want to be mistaken here. Okay. However, um, I, we, we all know reality just not cool sometimes. Yeah. So speaking of that, um, I, I at least have a story of when reality sucked for me. So when I was in college, there was a time I don't remember exactly what was going on in my life at the moment. All I know is that it sucked. And so that what I did at the time was I think like I took an entire week off of work and school and all I did was I played Fallout 3. I played through the entire game <laughs> from start to finish through the entire story and played through that whole game. 
And that's, I think, why Fallout is one of my favorite game series of all time um, because of that Because you spent experience. the whole week. <laughs> yeah, and, like, honestly, I mean, you've played Fallout, right? Yeah, yeah. Fallout is amazing. Fallout yeah. is, like, one of the best universes, like, ever. It's so cool. I love playing as the sneaky character, and yes. then you just take a grenade from your pocket you and just put it in put someone, it in someone else's, else's pocket. pocket. Yeah, <laughs> that is cool. That's cool. Um, so, so, Jim, do you got any stories like that? Oh, man, where's... <laughs> The real question is, where should I begin with these <laughs> stories, okay? I guess I'll talk about high school time and uh, and school roughly around that point. Um, I came really close to not graduating on time, and pretty much all four years of, of high school was just messing around, and it was pretty much playing games. Mm-hmm. And it got to the point where I didn't know I was graduating until the day of. Oh, really? I played a ridiculous amount of Pokemon during high school. <laughs> I would play Pokemon in class in high school. Now you're talking about um, the video game, yes, like Game Boy, yeah, okay. yeah, the, the video right. game. It was which one? It which was one? at this point, it was Diamond and Pearl and Platinum uh, during during this time frame. Okay, I was I remember playing it a whole lot in math class. Okay. <laughs> And so, yeah, it just got to the point where video games were my entire life and I wasn't paying attention to school at all. And um, it was it was definitely one of the lowest moments in my life. And that is what we are are, are suggesting you don't do. Yeah. <laughs> don't do that. Yeah. And I, I barely graduated. So I did my responsibilities. Don't, right, Dan? Don't do these <laughs> things that we're saying we did. Like, don't do that. Yeah. Yeah. I was like bottom five of my class. I was surprised I wasn't last, Dan. How did that happen? How? Tell me how. How do you do that? Like, how big was your class? Uh, it was like 300-some people, oh 300, word. close you, to four. And you were in like the last five? Yeah, it was rough. <laughs> all right, it was rough. <laughs> games were my life, all right? Card were, games were? at that point. Is, all right, games are my life. <laughs> <laughs> games are my life, and now oh, I'm doing stuff with games. That's funny. So, hey, everyone has an expertise, right? Yeah. <laughs> you just got to find yours. Yeah, that's true. Some people don't know what theirs is. No, that's true. I got that's lucky. True. That's true. Um, the last thing I did want to mention here, um, and I'm sure you've seen this like I've seen this, um, but there are plenty of people who kind of relate to fictional characters as yeah. their quote unquote heroes and look up to them. Yeah. A la sports legends, you know, like Michael Jordan, you know, yeah. like, well, I mean, when I was growing up, it was, you know, you have <laughs> the posters of these, of sports people yeah. on your walls, like yeah. MJ, yeah. Um, Ken Griffey Jr., yeah. you know, like that. Oh man. I, I want to be like Frank Thomas. Oh, there you oh, go. Big man. hurt. Big yeah, hurt, big baby. Hurt. Yep. <laughs> uh, but there, are, but there are people like us who look up to these fictional characters, you know, for whatever reason. Like they have – these characters have their qualities. Like a yeah. lot of the times they're good qualities yeah. like to to look up to or, you know, to, um, um, to seek after I should say. Um, and that's – you know, it's not a bad thing. I mean it's, it's – it's the same thing when it comes to looking up to these sports characters. It's yeah. like they're good at this thing that I want to do or there's this virtue that they have that I'm working, you know, working towards. Mm-hmm. And 
you know, in the Christian faith, it's the same thing like with Jesus. It's got a picture of Jesus on my wall. You know, it's I'm working towards being like Christ. It's yeah. it's the same type of concept. Yeah. Okay. And I mean that happens for like everything, whether it's yes, you're into course. music. What totally. musicians do you like? No, yeah, I want to start exactly. copying their work. Totally. You know? And totally. pretty much everyone who plays basketball, it was always like, I want to be like Mike. I want to be like Kobe. Even if you say you want to be like Kobe, you're being like Mike um, because he would copy everything. I don't know if you know that, Not Dan. everything. Dan, he, he took like everything. What do you mean he took MJ, everything? MJ said it himself. He's like, he'd probably beat me in a 1v1 because he s- steals all my stuff. <laughs> He didn't steal it. I mean, like, he learned from He learned a lot of his things from him, yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah, He stole it from him. That's what he said. Quote from Michael Jordan. What, uh, in what? My mind. In what? In what? In what? his documentary. What, the the one that from last year? Yeah. And throughout the years, he's he's talked about this. <sighs> Do you, you know, you and know, then, you know you're talking to, talk like, a about, Kobe freak, unless, right? All right. Well, then you should know, Dan, <laughs> about these interviews. I'm going to send them to I've you. I've seen these interviews. I know what you're talking about. I Do know what you, you're talking Dan? About. Yes, I know what you're talking about. And uh, let's not talk about LeBron. Let's not talk about LeBron. Yeah. Like, seriously, like, oh, I don't want to talk about well, that let's guy. Let's talk about some Dr. J. Dr. I, J was awesome. Dr. J was awesome. Woo! Dr. J was legit. Yeah. But, yeah, so I remember growing up uh, hanging out with my cousins, and they'd have a little basketball hoop on the mm-hmm. on the back of their door, and, like, they'd call out who they were supposed to be. I was always Kobe. <laughs> Kobe! So, so for me, it was like they would always choose – uh, MJ or Pippen, and I'll just be like, all right, I'll be Dennis Rodman. <laughs> <laughs> That's legit. Which, which, honestly, he was a ridiculously good defensive player. And uh, and I guess, like, knowing who I am now, I definitely prefer a bit more defense. Dennis Rodman yeah. is the best rebounder in the history oh, of the man. game. He's, best he's, rebounder in the history so of the game. Good. Period. End of story. It yeah. does not even come close. Through that documentary, when he was talking about the work that he would do mm-hmm. with, on his rebounds, ridiculous. Yep. He would see where the ball's coming yeah. from and then kind of see where it, how it's going to hit the rim yeah. and then know where to go because yeah. then he knows how it's going to bounce yeah. from that rim. It's I don't crazy. Even, I don't even think he learned physics a normal way. I don't yeah. even know. He could have. By experience. Like he yeah. learned it by experience. Just learning how it works. Learn on, on <laughs> OTJ training, man, on yeah. the job. Yeah. Yeah, Dennis Rodman, one of the best players. Go check uh, out that documentary. Yeah, I don't even know what the name of the documentary it. is now. Why is it uh, escaping me? Uh, just look up Michael Jordan documentary. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my um, word. It was The Last Dance. There you go. That's it. There, last that's dance. it. The Last Dance. That was that was a fantastic documentary. Anyway, okay, um, okay. Is there? Do you have? Do you do you have anything else to add there, Jim? About uh, kind of storytelling in games and why we think it's I'm, important. I don't believe I so. We could, I think we kind of hit everything. We hit so many things on the head tonight, Ugh, dude. I know, and it's honestly, we could sit here and talk for another hour. We <laughs> could, likely. we could just about storytelling in yeah, games. Yeah. Um. Talking about random games. <laughs> I mean, storytelling is just such an important element in yeah. all of these things. And I mean, reading these cards, you know, um, in some of our favorite games here, it's just like, 
that's why we get into yeah. these games and like the way that we're both reading it. It's like you can tell. Yeah. Like I could tell you were getting into it, and yeah. I'm, I'm assuming you could tell that I was kind of <laughs> getting into mine a little bit as well. But like it makes it so much easier. Dan, and Dan we forgot to talk about something on the magic cards. The flavor text. Yeah, the flavor. The text. flavor text is huge. It is, it is. So many people base decks off of flavor text. It, it was funny when I when I first started getting into the game. Right, yeah. and I watch all these YouTube videos, um, and there I don't even remember what video I was watching, but somebody like they were it was um, they were playing a commander game, and this guy. Every time he played a card, he made sure to read the flavor text yeah. because that was yeah. all he did. He was like, the flavor text is where it's at. <laughs> you got to read the flavor text. And honestly, what is the flavor text doing? Wasn't that on Commander Versus or something? No, no. no. It okay. was um, one of Becca Scott's videos. Oh, I can't okay. remember. I can't remember the name of the channel yeah. anymore. So, anyway. so, so what the flavor text would be. So you have the normal artwork of the card, the cost on how much it is, the effect of what it does, and then underneath it will say something specific about the artwork or the person who's in the artwork or something about a, a different card. There can be a lot of things about the flavor text. Right. So. Right. There's, there's, a, there's a lot that it could be. And of course, can we, can we bring sticking, up Yargle? Let's I'm, talk about Yargle. I'm, I'm trying to actually bring up Coma. Uh, and well, let's bring up Yargle, Dan. I will if my, <laughs> if my laptop would actually. Um, so, so I kind of know the lightning bolt one. So back in 93, Christopher Rush made the artwork for lightning bolt and talking about how a mage would go to the mountains and cast or bring down lightning. Okay. Later. All right. So later in the years, <clears throat> they, they reprinted lightning bolt with a new artwork. And inside the flavor, they talked about how the myth of the red mage uh, coming back and calling forth down the lightning, something roughly along those lines. So going back to the original, a card and how it hasn't been reprinted since this since this card. It was it's kind of a cool little flavor text. All right, so Yargle um, is a legendary creature, a frog spirit. <laughs> so the name of the card is it. is Yargle Glutton of Urborg. Okay, it costs four and a black. Okay, it's a nine three. All right, it has nothing. Okay, that's all it is. It doesn't do a single flavor text. Pure flavor. So actually, I looked up coma, and coma has zero flavor text because all the rules text can't can't fit any flavor on it. All right, all right. So for Yargle, here we go. Um, All right. When Belzenlock's lieutenant, Yarkol, grew too ambitious, the demon lord transformed him into a maggot. The frog that ate the maggot grew and grew <laughs> until a ravenous spirit burst from its body. <laughs> Yargle is the spirit frog guy. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. I've never actually seen that before. I've never read that. Yeah, that's that awesome. That one's a little crazy. That is funny. Oh, my goodness. So on all on most all of these magic cards, you you'll you'll have that flavor text. Yeah, there's in a lot there. of them, and yeah, there's a lot of it in there. So it's super cool. Um, okay, so yeah, we need to stop before we keep going. <laughs> all right, let's wrap this up, Dan. <laughs> um, all right, so yeah, um, where can we find you? 
So you? you can find me on the internet, on the interwebs. <laughs> um, you can hit me up on Twitter at underscore DG Campbell. Um, you can also hit me up over on Instagram at Daniel.G.Campbell. Jim, what about you? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Jim Morgan. H-N-H. All of these um, links w- will be in the description. Um, so just click on the link and you can follow it to our Instagram and Twitter pages. Um, actually did quite a bit of work today on our Discord. Um, getting that more and more um, organized. Excuse me. Organized for you guys. So um, wanting to make that um, more of a place for our community just to get together and kind of chat just about games in general or just uh, anything really um, so it's it is up and it is uh, it is starting to be thriving it's, yeah. it's a really nice place now um, and we are finishing up we um, with our logo design we're working with our designer right yeah, it's now almost ready almost ready um, we're setting it back for a few revisions that we want to be done yep. and then hopefully um, this week we should have the rest of our social media channels up and running. Um, and then we've got a lot of work to do. We are really excited uh, to, to hit the ground running with all of these. Um, yes, yeah, so we've got the Discord, like we said. Don't forget, leave us a five-star review on your favorite podcasting platform. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon, all of them. All of them few and Let far between. Let us know between. what you guys think, too. Yes. That's what I yeah. really want to know. Yeah, I, I want to know. I'm. It, in fact, I think I, I did tell you this. Um, my lovely wife li- is listening to our podcast, right? And <laughs> she doesn't understand. I don't want to say she doesn't understand, but she, you know, she's not into this stuff like yeah. we are. Yeah. But she's like, you know, I don't really get all the stuff that you guys are saying, but man, you guys are funny together. <laughs> and I'm like, all right, well, that's good. <laughs> that's I, a will, good start. I will take what I can get, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> so if you like us, if you hate us, let us know, leave yeah. us a review. Um, we suck. Shoot, shoot us an email. And if you have any stories about how storytelling has impacted you um, in any of these games, let us know. Yeah. Um, if you have a story of how you kind of escaped reality for oh, an extended man. period of time, let us know. Yeah. Um, it's really like I like sharing these stories with the community and just you all and the listener base just to um, like kind of just let you know kind of where I'm coming from, I've come from, and what I've done um, and just kind of get it out there. And it's kind of good to know, nice to know kind of where um, you all have been or are coming from as well. Um, not alone, guys. Yes, you are never alone and <laughs> so never many alone. people have been there. What is, you know what? I feel like there's, I, there's got to be a game out there where like that's the tagline, like you're not alone. Oh, I don't um, know. I don't know. I th- I'm, I don't know. I got to look into this. <laughs> you say that and now I'm like interested <laughs> of where that, where, where I'm thinking about that from. Anyway, um, yeah, so that was episode six, guys. Thanks a lot for being here. Um, really excited about doing these episodes. And uh, yeah, Jim, thanks as always. That was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was awesome. Great. And uh, all right, all right, guys, we will see you next week. And yeah, thanks a lot. And we'll uh, see you later. Sounds good. Take care. All right, see everybody.